Hi, Kiana. Thanks so much for joining me today. I'm glad to have you here on the podcast. Oh, I'm happy to be here. <laughs> I'm excited to, to connect with you. We connected over on Facebook. I think I'm connecting with everyone on social media, which is a good thing because Years ago, we probably would have never connected because we weren't on social media. We were <laughs> doing things locally. So I'm glad that we were able to connect. And I think it's a, it's a beautiful thing because you can connect people across borders, about, you know, across cities and states. And, because there's information out there, but it's just not getting into the right hands. And, and, that, and yeah. that's the problem right there. So I think social media is a great tool to get information into the right hands so that everyone has an opportunity. Yeah, definitely. I love um, connecting with people, especially I've been on Facebook since 2010 and I've connected with so many people like my, I call them my biz besties, my business besties that keep me accountable. And even though we've never met, they kick me in the butt when I need it, when I'm not getting things done. So yeah, social media is key mm -hmm. to building a business. Yeah. So Kiana, Miss Kiana will. Williams, the biz lady or the finance lady. I'm mixed up. That finance lady. That's what someone gave me <laughs> a long time ago. She couldn't pronounce my name. And she was like, oh, you know that finance lady that comes and talk all the time? And then it, it just oh. stuck <laughs> because they couldn't pronounce my name. And they're just that finance lady. And so it stuck. And I kind of liked it. And I began to just brand it across Instagram, LinkedIn, just all social media platforms. I just began to brand it and just stuck with me because. I'm full of information and I love getting the information into the right people's hands. You are. And um, for all of our listeners, Kiana is based in California, but she helps in so many different locations. I'm in Tampa. So she's going to tell us how she can help those of you that are in Tampa um, because she can definitely help from afar. And you're with um, your company name is what's your company name? I'm currently with Nexa Mortgage. We're a broker company. So when you apply with us, it's literally one application and it goes to over a hundred different banks. So in case like if you're going to Bank of America to do a loan, well, guess what? That application is just for Bank of America and Bank of America doesn't have all the products that you may need for your situation. I tell everyone, just like you're an individual, you're unique. So is your loan for your home is unique. It should be unique enough to save you money. That's, that's, that's right. all I do in a nutshell. You should be saving money when buying property, period. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Definitely. That, that kind of goes right into my next question for you, um, because buyers really don't know the specific things that they need to do before buying a home. So tell them the questions that they should ask themselves. If there's a few questions that they should ask before buying a home. Well, let's start out with number one. Number one is mm -hmm. the big myth. Myth number one is you need down payment to buy a house. Right. That's a myth. Mm -hmm. The answer to that question mm -hmm. is no, you do not. So if you're sitting there mm -hmm. right now listening to this and you're saving up your money because you listen to, you know, the debt snowball or David Ramsey or whatever program that you've been telling you to save money for that down payment, it is a myth. Mm -hmm. You're wasting money sitting there saving money for a down payment. And I'm going to explain why in a second. But you do not need a down payment to buy a house. You can buy a house with one month's rent payment. It's just that simple. I do it all the time. You just need to get into the right hands to get that loan product done for you. And then most people say, well, you know, I'm saving money. Well, let me explain something. If you're trying to save 20% for your house and you're saving $1,000 a month and some people don't have that. They only have 500 to spare, whatever that may be. 
you're taking years to save that money up. Interest rates on savings is super low. So you're not even getting that compound interest. And all that time that you're wasting, by the time you save that 20%, guess what? Interest rates on mortgages have went up. They're either doubled or triple at that point. So if you would have bought with zero down or your rent payment, you could have an interest rate right now, let's say four or 5%. But if you're saving that down payment money and you can't buy two, three, four, five years down the line, guess what? Rates could be in now in the sevens, the eights, the nines. And I'm, I'm sorry, I'm an eighties person and they had rates in mm -hmm. 12 percent And that was a good risk when you had A1 credit. So, <laughs> so risking that savings and that difference in the savings is hundreds, almost thousands of dollars a month that you mm -hmm. lost. So that money that mm -hmm. you were saving, when you're saving that $500 a month, guess what? You could have saved $800 a month had you bought with zero down. That, yeah. And that's how I look yeah. at it in a nutshell. So I tell people, you know, you got you to gotta weigh your options here. Um, mm -hmm. So if you're mm -hmm. looking to buy, first thing you need to do is check your credit. Check your credit. Mm -hmm. So many people don't look at their credit. And I will tell right. you, 80% of credit reports have mistakes. Check your credit. I assure you, one out of three that's listening got a mistake on there. A debt, not even yours. Something's wrong. Fix it. Fix it because it's free to fix a dispute. Doesn't cost you a dime. Write a letter, go mm -hmm. online, check your credit, know your score, and fix it. There's ways to go. You can go to annualcreditreport.com. It's free. Annualcreditreport.com. Free. All three credit reports. Look at them. The score is not important. We really want to look at the credit itself because we have loans that don't even care about your credit, credit score. They care mm -hmm. about the report itself. Are you paying your bills? Do you have a lot of collections? The second thing is, don't go out and get a realtor and start looking for homes. No, 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 no. The first thing you want to do at that point is find out how much you can get. Because you don't want to look at a house for $100,000. you are like, oh, you know, we really need that extra bedroom or we need, need this. And then come to find out you can do $300,000. Or you don't want to look at $300,000 and then you get upset when the lender tells you you can only do $100,000. Right. So you really want to find out how much you can borrow at the very beginning. And lastly, I tell people, do your research on loans. Understand that when you're going out to buy, most people forget there's other costs in there. When you have to go to title and escrow, there's closing costs involved. So even if you did save a down payment, you say, oh, well, I have the 20%, but I don't have the closing costs. Do your due diligence. Look at the schools. Look at the taxes. How much that's going to cost? And is this property going to appreciate for you? What's the appreciation rate? Yes, that's important because a house should be looked as as your fourth pot of money. I tell people that all the time. It's just like a savings, a checking account. It's just like your stocks that go up and down. It's like, you know, you put into your social, you pay into social security every time you get a paycheck and you take from that at retirement. Your house is the same way. It's that fourth pot of money. You build on that, building equity. So you want it to appreciate. And right. pretty much that's it in a nutshell. Yeah. Yeah, I love the examples that you gave, and and I can attest to one about going into the home a home with no down payment. Um, even me for myself, um, when I bought my second home, because it had it had been a huge gap between when I bought my first home and my second home, I was considered a first time home buyer. So I was able to get into my second home with only two hundred and fifty dollars down. So there are programs, there are options out there that will help. A lot of people just don't know um, about those options. So 
Definitely. I really want to speak on one that many people are unaware of um, mm-hmm. because a lot of people think, and, and I want to reach out to more, I deal with a lot of single moms and smartest single moms alliance and we help mm-hmm. each other out. But those mm-hmm. that are on government assistance, okay? Let's just talk about mm-hmm. that because they think, okay, great, I'm ready. I can never buy. That is another myth. Myth number two. We're on myth number two. Yes, you right. can. You feel like you're getting you're getting vouchers, and yes, people still get vouchers for Section Eight housing. And you're getting mm-hmm. a voucher, and then you think I have to go and rent in a bad place. You have a job. You know, you're working with the kids and all this. Let me tell you something. There is a loan program that uses your mm-hmm. Section Eight voucher as your down payment for the mortgage. You can right. buy. It, it's one of those things that they think they can never buy because they're on assistance. You can mm-hmm. buy on assistance. You can use your Section yeah. 8 voucher as a down payment on an FHA loan. And if your lender's mm-hmm. telling you no, call me. <laughs> and so how does that work with their credit? As far as credit and that voucher coming together, does, is it basically the same qualification as a regular loan? You still have the same qualification as a regular loan, but when you have an mm-hmm. FHA loan, FHA goes down to, well, it just depends on the lender and the lender's overlays. And like I said, I have over 100 banks. So if you're going directly to just one bank, you, all, you always ask the question, do you guys have overlays? Because when you're mm-hmm. doing something alone like this with Section A vouchers, you want a lender that has no overlays, period. Right. Okay. Because right. FHA has their guidelines. Better loans have their guidelines. You know, I tell people all the time, a VA loan has no credit score requirement. You know, you have some loans, mm-hmm. it's a 600, it's a 580, it's a 680. You know, they have requirements on those loans. VA loans do not. But you will go to mm-hmm. a lender that what we call an overlay. They're allowed to put a layer on top and say, we're not lending a VA loan to anybody with a credit score under 620. So now right. this veteran thinks, I can't buy because I don't have a 620. That is not true. You can mm-hmm. buy. you just mm-hmm. dealing with a lender that has a layer on top of a VA guideline. So mm-hmm. back to the Section 8 vouchers. You want a lender that doesn't have that layer because they won't take you, period. They don't like to do it because right. it's a little extra work. People like to get their money quick, fast. They don't want to do extra work. So you right. want a lender that does not have that layer, that overlay. And then that Section 8 voucher is used towards the down payment of an FHA loan. There's a little button they just click and it just goes towards the loan itself. And it's the same guidelines and principles. You know, the 580 minimum credit score, the debt to income ratio, you know, being under 50%, whatever, whatever layers they have, that requirement still stays. Um, and mm-hmm. it's funny because I meet a lot of people that's on assistance and they have great credit scores because they really don't have credit, you know? Yeah. <laughs> they have, have secured credit cards or something like that. And with a secured credit card, you remember, you had to put a deposit down. So they're not trying to go bad on those. It's never a bad rating. So they have mm-hmm. pretty decent credit and, you know, because mm-hmm. they also have to rent. So their credit is in lending guidelines and they have income yeah. because they're working one, two, three jobs to make ends meet for their family. But what's better mm-hmm. if they're also building appreciation because now they both put their family in a house, something they're owning. Yeah. You know, I always tell people it's always about building wealth for yourself and you can build wealth on, for yourself on any budget. I tell people all mm-hmm. the time, don't let your income stop you. You can do this on any budget. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. So tell buyers. So 
there are some specific things that they should not do. I actually had a buyer that this was in my beginning days of selling real estate. Um, my buyer got approved and decided to buy a Cadillac. <laughs> I had a buyer. We were in the middle. I told him we we're going to close in next week. And he decided to go buy a boat. <laughs> oh my gosh. Wow. And I tell people all the time, do not touch. I make them sign a waiver saying that they understand. We do not touch uh -huh. credit while we're in the middle of transaction. When you're in the middle of purchasing, mm -hmm. we don't touch credit at all. You do not use your credit. I also tell people, don't take big amounts out of your checking and savings account. Call me first. We just don't right. do. Um, and the reason being is because guidelines state that we have to pull your credit the day before we close. Because you'll be amazed at how many people bought cars and bought boats and yeah. you know, all, all other kinds of things. And you, sometimes you can explain it away, but a lot of times you can't. And the reason being is when you use your credit in the middle of a purchase, you're changing the income guidelines because you just increased your debt. It's that simple. You just increased your debt. I also want to tell people, be careful of the inquiries on your credit report. You say, oh, my, my score is still good. Yeah, but lenders don't like to see you with a ton of inquiries. It just looks bad, whether your score is good or not. It's just a question of why do you have so many inquiries? What are you right. doing? How much credit are you trying to get? And why so much credit so fast? Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. there's a lot What's of the reason behind it. Bingo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, I love that. Um, I love how clearly you explain everything and break things down to people because a lot of times when people are going in, they're kind of scared or they're even scared to reach out to a lender because they're just worried, okay, I'm just going to hear a no, or my coworker said this would happen or that would happen. So I love how you're breaking things down to them so they'll know that they can easily call you and you can explain to them um, how to get into the mortgage and the things not to do. Um, but one of the biggest questions that I get from people that are, that already own a home, uh, and I saw this on your Facebook page, so I wanted to bring it up. It's all about eliminating the PMI. Um, tell us a little bit about that program and how you guys help with that. Okay. So most people don't realize why they have mortgage insurance and you get mortgage insurance, period. If you have less than 20% down payment. If you put 18% down or 17% down, you will have mortgage insurance. You have to go under 20%. And that's only if you're not doing jumbo loans. It's a whole different ballgame. Um, so yeah. it's just a whole different ballgame. Um, but I have loans where you're putting 5% uh, down, 10% down, and you don't have mortgage insurance. Um, and people that are currently in loans with mortgage insurance, um, I want to talk about two different, two different things. The government loans, mm -hmm. which is FHA, USDA, and the VA loans. If you're in one of those type of loans, we have what they're called a streamline. Um, it's, ve it's very easy to do. It does, you don't need your credit report pulled. There's no appraisals to be done. But what that does is that comes and reduces the rate, so it helps you with the mortgage insurance or eliminates the mortgage insurance. So it's kind of... If I lowered the rate, I basically eliminated your mortgage insurance because it equals out. Right. Okay. And that right. doesn't, it's not really costing you. The, the thing is you just have to have 
um, your escrow impounds uh, refunded to you. I'm sorry, refunded to you, and then you have to put it onto the new um, streamline or whichever one you choose. Um, when we're talking mm -hmm. about conventional and you do that, um, we tell people you can also refinance to lower the mortgage insurance that way. Just get into another conventional loan and they'll lower it for you because your properties have gone up. Um, a lot of people don't realize that um, in smaller areas where, you know, you're saying my property is not appreciating, your property is appreciating about 1.5%. Um, in California, in our state alone, it's 4.7%. Whether you live in a good area or a bad area, at minimum, you're getting 4.7% appreciation annually. In Florida, you're 3.9%. So <laughs> you're getting, at minimum, 3.9% appreciation annually. Um, so the, you know, that's just your average for your states. Mm -hmm. And with that being yeah. said, um, you'll be in certain counties or certain cities and you'll get 11% annual appreciation. Wonderful. You'll be in another area and you get 2%, whatever that is, it's better than the interest, the interest savings account right now, because we're not mm -hmm. really getting save, you know, savings at that point. Um, so mm -hmm. with that being said, you can eliminate the mortgage insurance by either refinancing or I tell people another way you can do it is add a few extra dollars to your mortgage payment. Those few extra dollars really help because now it's bringing down your principal balance. Once your principal mm -hmm. balance reaches that 78% or 79% mark, the mortgage insurance is eliminated. It's that easy. And people say, mm -hmm. oh, really? And I said, well, try paying your loan bi-weekly. And people says, what do you mean? Well, if you're getting paid every two weeks, hard to say, okay, I'm gonna make sure I'm gonna pay it on the first of the month, I'm gonna pay this big lump sum payment and I gotta wait for my second check to put half to there. No, why don't you split up the payment? So let's say, and I'm, I'm just using this, not saying your mortgage payment is this high or this low, but let's say your payment is $3,000 a month. You can break it up and say, okay, I get paid twice a month, I can pay 1,500 this check and pay 1,500 the next check. If you continue to do that because of how our calendar is, you would have made an extra $1,500 payment towards the principal. It's that easy. Nice, love it. And then to even add to that, even if they turn that $1,500 payment into $1,550 or $1,600 bi-weekly. Even, mm -hmm. <laughs> even more, and yeah. you're, building, you're building wealth for yourself. So, you know, I got people mm -hmm. that say, oh, you know, I'm paying all this money to the bank. You're paying yourself. Your house is mm -hmm. your fourth pot of income. It really is, it will pay off. You're paying yourself. The faster you pay it down, you're paying yourself. You're building more equity. And, and that's another thing. I do a whole nother thing with just seniors on how to utilize that fourth pot of money. That's a whole nother day. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. Well, you know, I already love what you do, but I have one big question for you because a lot of people are asking this. Where do you see as far as the rates going and the market crash? You know, everyone is hearing about this uh, coming up, coming soon, 2020, 2021. What's your take on that? I've been hearing this for the last two years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me and too. Those, <laughs> people, you know, I feel like it's a scare tactic because mm -hmm. no one wants to go back where we came from. They really don't. Yeah. And mm -hmm. it's making us be more cautious as buyers. So mm -hmm. I want to say that anybody that's listening to this and they have not bought yet, or owned a home and you're afraid to do so because you're thinking we're going to reset and go right back into that crisis and this property that I buy for 200000 is going to be worth 50000 
what I can tell you is I wouldn't be afraid to buy because those people that were in the right position when this all happened, they prospered from it because they had the opportunity to go and acquire more property at this point. And now that the market went back up, they're refinancing and getting that cash back from these other properties they did. They're selling them, they're renting them out. So I would want to tell people the rates are, are low. The rates are still low. I mean, really low. They're still low. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always tell people, when you fall, what happens? You have to get back up, right? Right, so, right. I love that, not, yeah. When you fall, you get back up. But that doesn't mean you're not going to trip and fall again. But at yeah. the end of the day, whenever you do fall, you always stand back up. So what do mm-hmm. you do? After you fall that first time and you skin your knee, you be very careful and you start watching where you're walking. Watch where you trade. So mm-hmm. if you go out and you buy a property, expect the market to fall, but understand it's going to go back up. It can't stay low forever. Rates are low right now. They can't stay low mm-hmm. forever. And this is why I really stress to everybody to buy. I had my 23-year-old nephew buy. Buy, buy, yeah. buy. My rates are low. Don't be afraid to buy because what you think is going to happen in the future with prices in the market. I will tell you this will happen in the future. Rates are going to be a lot higher. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We have to get there because that affects our stock. That affects our economy. It affects our cost of living. So they're going to have to eventually go up someday. But the, but the time mm-hmm. is now. While the rates are low, you want to buy. And I'll give you this little bonus to keep you in a better position if you buy now. If you buy now, the bonus is this, the same thing we talked about earlier, doing those biweekly payments, putting a little extra on the principal, making sure you do your due diligence with your realtor and finding a property in an area with good schools, a good area that you know the appreciation on that house is pretty much going to appreciate at a higher rate than, you know, an area that doesn't have the good schools or whatever. And I tell people, yes. You're buying this as an investment. Yes, you're going to live in it, but understand it's also an investment. You're going to live in it, but it's an investment. Because I tell people all the time, um, we're refinancing because we want to remodel and add this extra, you know, uh, movie theater room and uh, indoor pool and all that. Guess what? Somebody comes and buy that house and they don't like a pool. They're not paying your hundred or $200,000 for your pool. They're not. Mm -hmm. So you have to look at the property as an investment. And if you do that and you're paying it down and you've got a good area, when the market does, you know, trip and fall and we're skinning our knee in the economy, you already put yourself in a good position and you put that money away, you've paid it down. And when you're paying down the principal, what you don't realize is your payment does what we call the recast. Your payment gets lower. You'll get another bill and the payment's lower because you're adding all this to the principal. So your payment's not the same anymore. It's dropping. Because the interest rate annually calculates on the principal that you currently have. And your principal is yeah. going down. So if you're risking on in the economy, guess what? Make your payments. Just keep mm-hmm. going. Um, if you end up losing your job in the process of it, there's so many programs out there that can help you keep your home. Do that as well. Mm-hmm. And stay in your home. Because guess what? We're going to get back up again like we did this time. And you'll be in mm-hmm. a better position. Because you're still in that house, you paid it down, now you have a lot of equity left because you utilize all these different tools that you can. Ask a lender. I tell people all the time, don't be afraid to talk to a lender. If you get a lender on the phone and they don't want to explain these things to you, find somebody else. You're working with somebody that's getting paid off your loan, 
and doesn't want to give you the right information, the valuable tools to help you succeed, you need to mm -hmm. find somebody else. It's that simple. I mean, are you going to keep paying a teacher that just sits there and never teach you? Are you going to pay right. a tutor that never tutored you and helped you get a better grade? No, you're not going to keep paying that tutor and just sit there and flip on her phone and not help you. If you're paying somebody to do a job, make sure they're doing their job. And their job is not just to get you the loan, but also save you money and put you in the best position possible. That's how I look mm -hmm. at it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you mentioned uh, in that uh, about people um, getting help with companies that help you save your home. Um, you did have information on your, your page that said a little bit about um, modif modifications and how to, ex how to get them without extending. A lot of people are scared because when they're going in for these modifications, they're getting into 40-year terms or they're adding an extra 10 years on. Um, how, is that something that you help with in Florida? We help, we help with that as well. It depends on if okay. you're doing, there's different ones. So there's the heart, which has got about to just, they're trying to end it. I think it got extended a little bit longer, which is mm -hmm. the home affordable refinance program. That's the one the lenders help you with. The one that you do mm -hmm. on your own is the HEMP, which is the home affordable modification act. Mm -hmm. And that's the one you do directly with your lender by yourself. And we as lenders don't get involved. And I want to say, okay. if you're doing that one where the lender is not involved, you're doing the home. Um, affordable modification program with your lender direct and what happens is your lender sends you this package and you have to fill out this package and return to the lender and they see if you qualify for the program most likely you do because if you if you're having a hardship you do you know so right you get that package i tell people it is critical that you fill that package out correctly because if you don't you're denied and then you got to go start right. the process all over again and what I mean, right. correct, when they're asking you questions about, you know, how much do you spend on laundry? Hey, we all spend laundry. I see people put zero. You don't put zero there because you're paying for the laundry soap if you're doing your own laundry. So, you know, right. I got to do laundry. <laughs> exactly. So you want to put down all your expenses. That's number one. Um, mm -hmm. The next thing is you want to show, you know, people like, oh, I have a savings, but I don't want them to take my savings. No, mm -hmm. the reason why you want to put a little savings on there is because they want to know, hey, with all this going on, you know, do you have savings? Yes, but I don't want to spend my savings to recure this mortgage because it's not enough in the savings to recure the mortgage, but mm -hmm. it's enough in the savings had I had to leave here or whatever, so I don't want to spend that. So you just let them know, you know, you want to stay in your house, but that savings is not enough to fix the mortgage, period. Mm -hmm. And you fill it out and you send it back and they'll modify it. But when they send you, here's, a, here's what we're offering you. It's an offer. And people think, I have to take this offer. Wrong. It's a negotiation process. <laughs> wow. People, oh, so they changed my, I had 20 years left on my mortgage and they reset it to 40 or 30 or, you know, you know and I tell people, well, it was a negotiation. Did you just, I thought I just had to sign it. Read it thoroughly. It's, this yeah. is what we offer. This is what you qualify for. Call them back and say, how do I qualify for the 20 year? Because I only had 20 years left. How do I qualify? You call them back and say, how do I, I know you sent me this package and said I qualify for this. How do I qualify for something else? You know, they'll send you one and say, okay, we're giving you, you know, I had a client and she says, they gave me a two and a half rate for only two years. And then it increased after that. Well, then you should ask, how do I get the two and a half permanently? How do I qualify for that? So yeah. if you read the package, 
it is negotiable. You need to call them back and ask the right questions. But they, they, they really, I don't want to say prey on you, but it's one of those things where you're desperate. So you're going to take whatever I give you. But if you read the package carefully, you'll realize you don't have to take that offer. There's other, there's other wow. programs and other options out there. So be careful when you're going into these modification programs. Really look at it. You, you know, it's a last resort, but it's really not the last option. That's what I want to yeah. say. Maybe yeah. your last there, resort, but it's not the last option. Yeah, there's a ton of, of fine print that people don't read because there's so much information in those packages. They just skim right through to the signature line right. and, and sign and send back. So I'm glad that you and explained I say, that to me. If you're in stress mm -hmm. like that, you do that. You do skim over things because you're in desperation and you're reading things in your feelings. And I can tell people all the time, mm -hmm. get out of your feelings, put it aside because this mm -hmm. is your future. This is the investment that you invested in and you're putting it on the line. Put your feelings right. aside and look at it from an investment standpoint. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, love it. So before our phone call, we, you were talking about how you helped your nephew in college. And I want to end with this because there's a lot of millennials that uh, are not buying homes. So tell us a little bit about that story. Well, my, my whole thing is that we have a lot of millennials that feel they can't buy. A lot of millennials that don't want to buy because they don't like, I don't want to say stability or commitment. I don't want to use those Re two words. Because my, my Responsibility. <laughs> right. My responsibility. Words those words, okay? And a mortgage uh -huh. will be accountable to make the payment and they don't like accountability. So I don't want to say that either. But I think it's more of, it's, it's, it, it is a commitment. It's something to say, I'm stuck with this for 30 years. And a lot mm -hmm. of people don't want to look that far into the future. I mean, they had a crystal ball, they love it. I can look at a crystal ball, I can see where I am in 30 years, great, I'll buy that house. But we don't mm -hmm. have crystal balls. And for them, they also don't want to make the same mistakes as their parents. Parents, you know, we have the baby boomers. Right you know, Generation X, and they've seen all this where they, they live the crisis, okay? Mm -hmm. So after witnessing that, they're afraid to buy because they don't want to be the cause of such a crisis. Mm -hmm. And I tell people, great, then fix it. How do you fix it? Is you be a smarter buyer. That's how you fix right. it. You be a smarter right. buyer. Because a lot of baby boomers, a lot of Gen Xers and Gen Yers, if we would have bought right out of college or in college, you, you kind of get what I mean? If we would have started mm -hmm. investing and bought a second home and a third home and ran those out, when the whole economy, we would have been in a great position. <laughs> we would have had a yeah. lot. So we didn't have the information because what millennials is not realizing is Generation X did not have the internet like this. I mean, we didn't get the internet to right. the 90s, you know? So we mm -hmm. didn't have access to information across, you know, cities and states and, you know, nations to fill ourselves with enough information to be equipped to do these kind of things. So mm -hmm. with that being said, um, when it comes to millennials, you have the opportunity to do a lot of research. But I'll tell you what I told my nephew and I tell my own kids. Be careful mm -hmm. with half the stuff you read. Know your sources. Is it a good right. source? Is this valid information? Because there's a lot of people that will sell you material that's worthless. That will mm, not help. Yeah. And so yeah. with the buying of a millennial is you can buy while you're in college. A lot of them say, oh, I don't think I can buy. Why not buy? More importantly, they have programs out here with Home Ready, Home Possible, 
they're 3% down and they say, oh, I don't have 3% down. Hmm, great. Your credit's great because yes, you got a student loan and you went out there on college campus and you got that credit card or mm-hmm. you're an authorized user on mom and dad's credit card. So you built a credit report while you were in college. I would say, mm-hmm. why not buy? Tell the lender, you're bringing in two roommates. Those roommates who are paying you rent is part of your income. Therefore, you buy a condo somewhere on campus or a house somewhere on campus. And then I'm talking directly to those millennials and younger generations that are currently in college. You go and you buy this property and you rent out the other rooms. The lender puts that down that you're renting out these rooms. That's income that they use to qualify you for that property. And you buy that property. Now you say, well, I don't plan on living in this college town because um, I'm going to Florida A&M, but yet I'm from Michigan. Right. When you leave, you have an investment property. You have a second home right. because there's other college students that's coming into the area and you continue to rent out your rooms. That pays the mortgage payment for you. But the bonus is the day you get married or you have children or you're ready to buy your dream home, you already have an investment property that brought an asset, equity, and income to you. So that helps you yeah. when you're buying the home that you really want to be in. And same thing, if you're already going to Florida A&M or uh, Miami or whatever school you're currently at and you plan to stay in that area, great. You keep living there and you keep renting it out. Or once you get a job and you're doing everything, you don't have to have renters anymore. You can keep the whole house to yourself. But yes, Mm -hmm. it's an opportunity to buy because it's an investment for you and it's a property. You know, like I tell my, my own kids, when you go to college, we're getting you a place. We're buying it and you're going to get room. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to keep that property. And that's your property number one. I I just believe that as baby boomers and Gen Xers and Gen Yers, had we done that, we would have been in a better position when things have began to crumble, put you in a better position. Mm -hmm. And I just always, you know, I want to tell people, don't overextend yourself. You know, millennials are real scared to overextend yourself. You don't have to. You don't have Mm -hmm. to. But the one thing I, I would say a lot of people made mistakes is, When they bought their first home, they bought a home that they really didn't like, a home that wasn't going to fit their future or their family or anything like that. And they had to leave and they had to upsize. And a lot of people lost money that way. And I want to tell people, buy the home you need. If you're like, I'm pregnant, I'm going to have one more kid. Okay, don't buy a two bedroom, buy a three. You know, (laughs) and and there's a way to get there. You just have to talk to the right people and the right lenders. Because if you get into the home that you needed, you know, for what you were thinking in the future instead of that first home, then you've already saved yourself a lot of money and time and you've built more equity in the house you wanted. And, I, and that's what I tell people too. And there are some people that can't do that. That's fine. Just make sure your first home is in an area that's appreciated. And you, that's where the realtor comes in. You really do need a realtor. And I tell buyers all the time, get a realtor. Now, you know, you want a realtor that's going to help you, that knows the area, that knows what they're talking about and ask the right questions. Yeah. That simple. Don't be afraid to ask questions. If you're just thinking about it, reach out, ask the right questions. There's a lot of, you know, groups you can get in. There's a lot of podcast. There's a lot of things to do. This podcast right here, ask questions. Is that simple? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons that I'm making this podcast is because a lot of people don't know the questions to ask. So that's why I'm interviewing the experts to make sure that when people do say, okay, I want to buy a home. Um, and they don't know where to start, even if they're not ready, I can just shoot one of these episodes over to them to give them the information so they'll know the questions to ask. It makes it 
a lot easier. Correct. And you want, you just yeah. want to make good choices. And we always tell people, mm-hmm. sometimes you make a bad choice, but what do you do? You learn from it. Don't do it again. Get, yeah, <laughs> get back, get back up. <laughs> get back up. That's it. Just get your knee, get back up. Now you know, watch where you're stepping. And it's that right. simple. But don't be afraid to ask the experts. Ask people questions all the time mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it puts you in a better position as a buyer. It saves you money. And I mean, even sellers, you know, there's a lot of people that don't want to sell their home because they're afraid they can't buy another one. I can't live mm-hmm. here. I'm, you know, I got stuff piled up everywhere because I can't buy another one. It doesn't hurt to talk mm-hmm. to a realtor. It doesn't hurt to ask a lender, call the lender <laughs> to say, hey, yeah. I owe this much on the house. When you, they bring in analysis. They bring in property comparisons. They tell you how much this property is worth. They'll go over and tell you how much you can net once it has sold. Then you can look at the lender side of it and say, this is how much I'll have left. What can I buy? You're not stuck. You're stuck because you're not talking to the experts. You're stuck because you're not asking the questions. Mm -hmm. You don't have to be Or they're they're asking the wrong people questions. Uh, Like I mentioned earlier, a lot of people are asking their coworker that sits in the desk next to them questions. And it's based on, they're getting answers based on that coworker situation. They're not getting answers based on their situation. And it's getting discouraging to them because the coworker may have been denied or not able to refinance or whatever the case may be. And not even family members, mm-hmm. friends, uh, yeah. your Your situation <laughs> uh-huh. is as, as unique as your fingerprint. What, mm-hmm. works for, what works for my phone to unlock my phone doesn't work with your finger. It's that simple. And right. your phone is like, it's the same thing. Your situation uh-huh. is unique. And everybody tells you, oh, the loans are the same. It's the same program. They are not. If a lender tells right. you that, run. They are not. Mm. Everybody's situation <laughs> is unique. And there's a program that fits your situation. You'd be amazed. Mm-hmm. Yes, there's a standard VA loan, FHA loan, conventional. But there's different ways to accomplish your goal. There's different mm-hmm. ways to get to, you know, to get to the end product of you having that home with the low interest rate, saving you money. Mm-hmm. There's different ways to get to that. And if your coworker mm-hmm. or your friend or your family member was denied, I, I say this to them. Do they drive the same car as you? Is their car payment the same as yours? Do they have credit card debt the same as yours? Is their paycheck yeah. the same as yours? Do they work the same job as you? You are unique. So just because they were denied doesn't mean you're denied. And the most mm-hmm. biggest myth ever is, I have the same credit score as you, and they denied me. You're not going to get approved. <laughs> Just because your credit score is the same does not mean you're going to have the same result. There is a difference. Right. There's a lot of factors in play. There's a lot of factors. Right. So don't, oh don't be discouraged because of a friend, a coworker, or a family member. Mm-hmm. I tell people all the time, I, get, I have my own family members. I'm like, why would you go with someone else? Why didn't you call me? I was a little embarrassed. I tell people, don't be embarrassed to talk. I mean, this, right. this is strictly between me and you. It's kind of, you know, attorney-client privileges. I'm not going to sit mm-hmm. here and tell the whole, you know, family at a family Christmas party or, you know, your coworkers. I'm going to tell everybody in the office. No. Yeah. I really genuinely want to help people. I got in this business to help people because at, at mm-hmm. the same time, I had someone truly discourage me and tell me, oh, look, girl, go get your husband. Let me talk to him. You have no clue. I'm like, do you understand <laughs> I'm educated. I have a degree. I'm like, <laughs> I know uh-huh. nothing better than anybody. And you want me to do what? It, it was <laughs> And I'm like, I negotiated all the finances and, you know, savings in my house. And for you to just to push me off like that, I said, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. All right. These oh not giving me the right answers. I can figure this out. 
And uh-huh. I started doing all my stuff on my own. And that's why I said, wait a minute, I just need to get in the business. <laughs> because I'm doing this right. anyway. It didn't make sense because they would come with their loans. And I'm like, no, I don't like this part about your contract. No, why couldn't they do this? And I always tell people, watch out for hidden fees. They are there. And most people mm. don't want to hire a broker because they think, oh, you know, I have to pay this broker all this money. Your lender pays your broker. Is that simple? Mm-hmm. And let me tell you another yeah. thing. When you're going with Bank of America, you're going with Chase or whoever the company is, that lender is paying that person. It's in the rate. There's hidden fees. Pay attention. At the end of the day, right. everybody's making a living. You say, oh, you know, I got to pay this realtor that. Buyers don't pay the realtor. The seller does. They're, you know, and in some cases, a buyer does pay. But one way or another, these people are getting paid to do a job. So make mm-hmm. sure they're doing a job that really benefits you. Because we're in mm-hmm. service. This is a service job. I'm here to bring you a right. service. A realtor's here to bring you a service. They're not bringing you a service. Why are you working with them? Right. Right. If they're, they're not bringing you service, but they're bringing, but they're bringing you stress. <laughs> Definitely. And I, I also want to say this because I get a lot of people that will dump someone based on the truth the person's giving you. So let me also say this. Mm-hmm. When a real yeah. lender is giving you the truth and you just don't mm-hmm. want to have a piece of humble pie, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Person is not going to fix your problem. You, mm-hmm. You're going to different people till you get the answer that you want to hear. And I'll tell you mm-hmm. from a standpoint, that person that told you what they wanted, what you wanted to hear is going to cost you a lot of money and a lot of time. And I always tell people my time is worth more than that money. I can't mm-hmm. get my time back. I can make money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. know, but I can't get right. my time back. It's that simple. And yeah. you're wasting time going to seek that person that will tell you what you want to hear. So just, just yeah. hear people out because there's a lot of Realtors like, I told the client, the client didn't want to listen to me. I'll, you know, I brought right. it as kindly as I could. Now they want to switch. And you know, same thing with the lender. I'm telling them, no one can do this loan, but they're going from lender to lender to lender till a lender says, mm-hmm. yes. Yeah. And you get in that transaction and you never closed it. And now you've lost yeah. that deposit. So right. be very careful when people give you that humble power, trying to tell you the truth, really listen and digest the information. You know, we don't, I don't want you to lose money. I tell people all the time, I'm here to save you money. So people say, oh, can I go ahead and pay for the appraisal? Why would I do that before I know if I can do this loan? No, we're not going to rush the process. I need to make sure this loan is going to close. If it's going to close, then yes, now we will spend the money. But we're not going to spend money knowing that a loan won't close. And I I get clients all the time like, I already paid for the appraisal, I already paid for this. Why did you do that? (laughs) There's no way this loan Yeah, you they money. don't know. You know, so I yeah. you, you have to ask the question before you pay for that appraisal, before you pay for these inspections, talk to the lender and say, hey, did you run my loan through what we call AUS, Automatic Underwriting Service? It's a computer, okay? Mm-hmm. The computer runs your loan and that computer says yes or no. <laughs> yeah. It says yes, because it's like a good loan and problem, you know, you have a, you know, better chance of approving it. No, right. there's no way in heck we're going to do this loan. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> right. You get someone that never even run it to after you pay for the inspection and the appraisal. Right. So be mm-hmm. very careful. You get clients that say, oh, you know, Chase gave me this pre-approval letter or this bank gave me this pre-approval letter. I went and bought, I paid for the appraisal, I paid for the inspection, and now they're saying they can't do it. What happened? Well, they didn't run AUS till 
after you got into the property to after you did all this paying. So you wanna make sure they ran AUS, Automatic Underwriting Service, and ask, what was the results? Ask to see those results. It's your right, mm -hmm. just like your mm -hmm. credit report. It's your right. Read it for wow. yourself. I get clients all the time that don't even read them. Read it. Mm -hmm. Did it say approved? No, it didn't. It said denied. It gives you three things. You're either approved, you're just denied, and no one's doing that long, or it gives you a second option which says maybe, which means that an actual person needs to go through your file and do your entire file. Because the computer's saying, there's some things there that I don't like to approve it, but it doesn't look denied. And those are things that take a little longer. And for people in those situations, I tell them, be very careful. See if that lender has overlays. We talked about it earlier, layers on top of the guidelines. Because you might want to take that loan somewhere else. And this is why I say it's best to work with a broker because a broker doesn't have to run a whole new application, a whole new credit report anymore. They can just take it to another lender and say, hey, this lender doesn't have overlays. We're going to run it with this person. If you're working wow. directly with the bank, you don't get that option. It's denied, it's over. Wow. Nice. I love it, Kiana. Thank you so much for taking the time well, to talk with me today. Can you let everyone know how the best way that they can reach you is whether it's social media directly through um, text call your website, let them know how they can connect with you. So I tell people all the time, the easiest way to connect with me, if you're on social media, especially the millennials, I'm on Instagram, Facebook, I have Facebook pages and it's at that finance lady. So if you're on Instagram, just type in at that finance lady, a it's T-H-A-T, finance, F-I-N-A-N-C-Y, <laughs> lady, L-A-D-Y. Mm -hmm. It's no fancy letters. It's the correct phonetic spelling. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> and, um, um, so that's the easiest way. You want to call my office. If you're anywhere in the United States, I have other people that's on my team in different states. So no matter where you are, we can help you mm -hmm. out. Um, you can call me direct at 760 440 8844. Again, the office number is 760-440-8844. And I think that's the best way. And I, again, I'm with Nexa Mortgage currently and I'm a broker. It's that simple. I can put you on with all the banks with one application. You go direct with a lender, that one application is only with that bank. And now if they deny it, you have to have somebody pull it again. You don't want to keep having your credit pull because it does drop your score after to 10 days. Mm -hmm. Love it. Thank you, Kiana, for taking the Thank time today. You. <laughs> You're welcome.